Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. All right, here we are. We're back this week with our next podcast and super uh, a special guest, Levi Clock, like like the clock, right? Like the time. That's right. And, <laughs> and Ben Frazier, uh, banker. So we've had Ben on before. Um, and uh, so this time we're going to talk about how to how to get ahead in the financial arena. And this is this is the coolest story. And it's so cool for mm-hmm. young people and really anybody who wants to really win in their finances. Mm-hmm. And there's some real strategies. Honestly, I just believe they're... God given mm-hmm. um, about just how to how to get ahead in finances and and using products that people don't think of that way, mm-hmm. like insurance policies. Okay, you say insurance policies. Most most people we probably just lost half of our listeners. Right? Yeah, you know? they just switched to something more interesting. <laughs> but no, they're they're tools for wealth creation, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so I'll I'll give a little bit of a of an intro here and then, you know, let you guys chime in. But, uh, so this was maybe 2008 or so, 2009, uh, guy meets me for, for breakfast says, I gotta, I gotta share this with you. Gives me this book. It's called infinite banking. And, and, uh, it's a guy by, by the name of Nelson Nash. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta read this. It's about how to become your own banker. I'm like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. I'm a finance guy, right? Mm-hmm. What the heck is this, you know, infinite banking thing? Well, so then literally, so I'm, you know, everybody's giving me books all the time. So I'm like, maybe I'll read it. Maybe I won't. I go into a, a prayer meeting with my prophetic friend, Bob Hartley. Mm-hmm. And he's, he opens up, he says, yeah, I've been having dreams about how, how everyone needs to become their own banker. All believers need to become their own bankers and start their own bank. Mm-hmm. And he said, it doesn't make any sense to me at all, you know. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if it meets like this. And I pulled the book out of my backpack, Becoming Your Own Banker, you know. <laughs> and so needless to say, I read the book. Yeah. I read the book. And, and the book is about how to accumulate wealth through compounding. Well, I ended up giving it to my my uber smart financial son, Ben, who actually did it. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of those guys that read the book, got mm-hmm. excited about it, and never did anything. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what the heck is this concept? Just give mm-hmm. us just give us the 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 overview. Sure. And, and just to, enter, to this is what you do, right? This is your. Your, yeah, I, I own a comprehensive financial planning company, so there's lots of strategies that we deal with, mostly business owners is who we work okay. with. And we have what I call our foundational strategy, which is what I believe we all should do. Uh, do we all do it? No. Do we all understand it? No. Uh, but you know, just like the scriptures talk about building your house on a rock, and when the storms of life come you know, and, and bang against that wall... The house built on the sand is going to fall, and the house that is built on the rock stands and withstands. We've had some storms. Exactly. We've had many storms, and there's been a storm front brewing for a little while, I believe. Uh, So, you know, the the people who practice this strategy um, withstand and have withstood every financial storm uh, since the beginning of our country. 
to my knowledge and research, I haven't found anybody that lost a dime with this strategy. So it's, it's safe. It's very, very safe. Uh, so what is it? Well, it's a method of financing. It's not just a way to save or invest. Uh, I like to distinguish the two because when we save or invest, we're just focused on rate of return for the most part. Mm-hmm. When we're building a business, uh, whether it's selling a product or service, we're focused on moving that product, uh, velocity, and, and the volume of money, compounding uh, your returns on, on the volume of money that you make on each transaction. So this is a method of um, building a warehouse of wealth in a very safe uh, environment that's tax-free and that we can borrow against it when we need to finance our major ticket items. So like most of our parents with, with good intentions teaching us save up and pay cash so you don't go into debt and, and you know credit card debt and all that, uh, most of us have been taught the best way to go about things is save and spend and save and spend. It's a classic sinking fund strategy. Well, that's better than going into debt. Does anybody really do that anymore? Not too many. <laughs> no, not too many. Now, most most people are borrowing more than their means, you know, which I yeah. appreciate, you know, some... What, one of the points in the book he made, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is accurate. I haven't been able to double check it. He said, I mm-hmm. think uh, 35%, Americans spend 35% of their income... Mm-hmm. on interest, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, that's insane. I mean, that's yeah. a third of your wealth is being is making interest payments. Going to someone else's which is, bank. It's the cost of money. Right. And and so one of the points in the book he's mm-hmm. saying is, why don't you become the bank mm-hmm. where you collect interest? Right. So 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 tell us, tell us how it works. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I'll try to keep it a very... Short nutshell because yeah. I could talk for days about it. It's, it's <laughs> there's a lot of details, a and lot of technicalities. Most of us, you know, it works kind of slow, right? We, yeah, so I'll, I'll baby step. Slow on the uptake. So. Yeah, yeah. And Ben's here to keep me honest too, and you know he's actually doing it. Uh, like I'm, I'm doing the process, and he's had a lot of very good technical questions working a, a, as a banker himself. You have any banker customers? <laughs> I do. Yeah, surprisingly, I've got. Clients that are bankers and other insurance agents that maybe work for a company that doesn't have a good, the right vehicle for doing this, implementing this. I mean, and bankers, I would think, would do it because they get it, right? Yeah. They they get, you know, there's a reason why the tallest buildings in a city have the bank names on the top, right? right? It's a good business being the money business. Exactly. Why not become in your own personal money business? Right. And uh, so, so tell us how it works. Yeah, so you know, instead of saving to spend, which is what we just talked about a minute ago, and, and liquidating that cash, the idea is to consistently stack assets. So for the rest of your life, you're never, you never have less assets. You're just stacking them. So then your assets pay for your toys instead of your time for your money pays for your toys. And so, you know, there's, the next question is if I'm going to... Get, get your money to earn rather than just your work. Yeah. Instead of trading time for money, you put your money to work for you like an employee. You know, right. each dollar should be going to work for you to generate an income for you. I love it. So, so then that... whole rich dad, poor dad comes. Exactly. Then, which, which I gave this, I gave that book to my daughter. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, she quoted back to me something just a month ago. She said, "She said if you can't learn to earn money while you're while you're sleeping, you're gonna or, or yeah, you're gonna have to work until you die, basically." Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking that's 
profound. I think she said it a lot better than that. <laughs> well, we learn a lot from our kids, don't we? <laughs> we do. I know I have. Mine are only 9 and 10. But, yeah, so, you know, you're either trading your life for money or you're learning to live frugal below your means and then putting your money to work for you. So then you're what I would call financially free is when your money is paying your bills and you don't have to work for money. You work for your passion and for loving what you do instead of just to, you know, pay for groceries and and a house bill and car bill and all those things. So, you know, if we're going to accumulate that wealth, where do we put it? You know, there's lots of different companies niches of uh, investments, um, insurance companies and products. Well, through Mr. Nash's Nash's research and uh, me being a student of his and researching this myself is... uh, So you're actually familiar with this book and you actually know the author, right? Yeah, I would call him a friend of mine. Uh, He's on my speed dial and I've done seminars with him. Uh, I've flown him out to Kansas City and we've taught different business owners uh, this concept together and of course I'm two ears and one mouth when he's here because he's, I believe he's very prophetic in, in uh, what's going on and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be a, a genius to be a, a financial prophet. You just have to enjoy studying what's mm-hmm. what's happened in the past and history tends to re- repeat itself. Um, so yeah, Mr. Nash uh, actually was in the real estate business himself and um, after the uh, interest rate explosion in the 80s when interest rates went up into high double digits. Um, He found himself upside down in some real estate uh, property. He was in the forestry business, which is, of course, a niche in in real estate. And he couldn't afford to keep his his bank loans being paid. So he was looking around, how do I get out of this hole that I dug myself in? And he realized that he had big life insurance policies uh, that he'd been putting money into. And he found out that he could actually borrow against those policies and pay off some of his real estate debt that he didn't have the money to pay off otherwise. And so he started looking a little bit closer at that at that, and studying it and finding out, well, these are much lower interest rates than any bank's willing to loan me money at, and I don't have to pay it back until I have the money. So, you know, this... this Cash is a loan from an insurance company that's collateralized by a policy that they're on the hook for, for, you know, sometimes a million, two million or more dollars. And the loan is just deducted from the death benefit if we should die and not have all of our debts paid off. And if we understand the tax code with life insurance, it's income tax free. It's totally liquid upon death. It doesn't go into the probate system. And the cash value, if structured properly, grows very, very quickly compared to other safe options out there. CDs, treasury bills, um, money markets, you know, bond funds, so, those types of things. I think it was, uh, there was a famous quote by Einstein who, who said, you know, one of the greatest, greatest mysteries, mathematical mysteries of the universe is Compound interest. compounding interest. Right. And as a financial geek, mm-hmm. I've actually run those tables, right, the compounding mm-hmm. tables. And good grief... I mean, if you can get anywhere, you know, 6% or, or anywhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. and if just time is the critical element, you can really multiply wealth. The key is to not have drawdowns mm-hmm. and, and to just maintain time in compounding. Yeah. So, so here's, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of let the concept as I, as I, as I understand it. And sure. You, you can correct me here. So. The idea is, and, and, and it is to use uh, these insurance policy vehicles. Now, 
If that sounds negative, just bear with me, okay? Because it's not what you think, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was the guy who, you know, spoke against these things sure. years ago. So not understanding. I thought until, I hated insurance I, before I until, started until studying I read the book. But so let's, let's, it's an insurance vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now, to, we've got to understand these insurance vehicles have been around for hundreds of years. And they've got really good lobbies in Congress mm-hmm. yep. that have lobbied for incredible benefits, Mm-hmm. So you've all heard of an IRA. Mm-hmm. Well, this has so many of the benefits of an IRA, and they're super protected. They're protected legally. They're protected mm-hmm. uh, from taxes. So so let's not just throw out something that has so much history yeah. to begin with. Okay. So you you buy a policy, and all th- all it's probably wrong, mm-hmm. but let's call it a savings account. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the idea is you put your money in every month mm-hmm. in your savings account, two hundred bucks a month or mm-hmm. whatever, and um, it starts to build up a cash value after a while. Now there is mm-hmm. that's actually insurance. Mm-hmm. So if something bad happens to you, your family can benefit. But mm-hmm. forget that; mm-hmm. it builds up cash value, right? right. So after five years or so. Mm-hmm. It starts to have maybe you've got ten grand on there, maybe mm-hmm. you've got or if it's a bigger policy, I mean whatever mm-hmm. the numbers are, and it compounds, it grows at like, you know, you can get these things in the, you know, four to seven percent range, mm-hmm. maybe, depending on the on the type of deal. So it's compounding. Well now you've got ten grand in there, super, as you're saying, it's savings. But here's where the magic is. Mm-hmm. It's rather than when you gotta buy your car, rather than go finance that car. You go borrow from this policy, mm-hmm. right? So right. You, can, you can borrow from these, and mm-hmm. it's all legal. It's kosher, right? Yeah, absolutely. you don't break any law, right? No. Okay, so you borrow from this mm-hmm. policy, and so you borrow that a portion of that ten grand. Mm-hmm. So you borrow eight grand or something. You can borrow most of it, mm-hmm. and the, the ten grand that's not even in there continues to earn, mm-hmm. right? Right. So it continues to grow. So you're getting still six percent. Let's say it's six percent on your ten grand. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you've you're borrowed eight grand to buy your car, and here's where the magic is, right? Instead of you paying a bank on that car loan, you pay yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe you figure out what an eight thousand dollar loan is at eight percent interest, and it's so much bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You can send that into yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, and you collect interest. Right, so you're getting the six percent on the ten, mm-hmm. and you're getting the eight percent on the eight thousand. Is that right? It's close. It's not <laughs> not exactly right, but very, a for effort, and it was very very close. Just a, a couple technicalities, because okay, but but forget the technicalities. Sure. The numbers are mm-hmm. insane. I mean, you you can. Mm-hmm. You can, but we'll fix this technicality. Sure. So I see you're, 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 you're very anxious here. Like, wait a minute. Well, I, I just want to make sure we're but, representing but the, it ac- accurately. So, sure. Yeah. But the numbers, I mean, basically, you're earning, you're earning compound interest, but also you can get on the other side of the banking equation. Right. Rather than being an interest payer, you're an interest collector. Right. And uh, so, so now you're paying, you're paying on the loan. So. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not it's not it's be six percent of ten, and it'd be the difference between what you're paying on the loan and what you're paying yourself for the loan mm-hmm. on the eight. Okay, so so yeah. so tell me tell me where I'm wrong and tell me where I'm right. Well, you're right on most of it. Uh, the the one thing that bothers me a little bit hearing other financial planners out there that are explaining it is it's it's not that one hundred percent of any interest paid on that loan goes right into your pocket directly. It does indirectly, but 
just let me back up one second. General, generally speaking, there's two types of insurance companies. There's a, a mutual insurance company and a stock insurance company. Right. And a stock insurance company like you know American General, AI, American International Group, American General, uh, you know they had split interest into making money for their shareholders and paying their customers interest, you know, profit. So uh, the, the stock insurance company is not owned by the customers unless they also own stock. The mutual insurance company doesn't have... owned ha- by the policyholders. The mutual insurance company right. is owned by policyholders, right. exactly. So maybe more like a credit union okay, so, right, for, or a fraternal for, organization For a stock like insurance company, when they make profits, they, they have all this cash, mm-hmm. they invest it, they make profits, they send some to their policyholders, right. and they send some to their stockholders. Right. With a mutual company, they send it all to the policyholders. Yeah, there's not a single shareholder that exists in the entire right. corporate structure. So, you know, if you understand that little thing and you really extrapolate ramifications to all financial decisions, that's a huge difference. Sure. Uh, the whole reason that company's in business is for their lifetime customers. Right. So legally, they're responsible to make their fiduciary responsibility and money management to secure the company and then pay their, their policy right. owners. So when, when we talk about building up that wealth with one of these mutual insurance companies and a certain type of policy that's designed as a cash cow, not just your, your grandma's life insurance that built very, very slow cash value that you know, paid out a permanent death benefit, you know, traditional whole life insurance. Uh, so there's a big misunderstanding on how that, how that works and how flexible it is. But when you borrow against it, you're an owner of that mutual insurance company, so you get preferred rates. So in, instead of having to beg for the money or fill out an application or, appli- or a right. credit check, you have 100% guarantee so when you that you borrow, can borrow that. When you borrow from yourself, there's no application process. There's no application process. No, yeah, right? no, no approval process. And if you've been through tough financial times like a lot of uh, Americans have over the, the last years. Having uh, that is nice. And having that is nice because they don't even check your credit score. Right. So where else can you get a loan where they don't check your credit score and they don't collateralize your, your house and your car and your business and your equipment? Uh, I haven't found it out there. So you're going to pay some loan interest to your mutual company, okay? And they're going to charge you a, a very competitive going rate right now, somewhere in the ballpark of five percent on the money. But you're also earning on that same money because you're not taking the money out of your policy. Right. You're taking the money from their general fund, which is some of the smartest money managers in the world are hired by these mutual insurance companies sure. to manage the money. So, so yes, you, you're right in the sense that you borrow against it. It's I just wanted to clarify, it's not. Your money that you're taking out of your policy, you're taking it out of your company, your little owner in that company, and you're going to pay them interest. They're going to cover their overhead, and then it comes back to you in the form of dividends. Can so, you can you overpay? Like, can you pay yourself a ten percent? You know, on the car loan. Like, I like the way you're thinking now, because <laughs> traditionally, if we're the customer, we want to pay as little as possible. Right. But if you own the bank, paying a higher rate forces you to capitalize your banking system even quicker. So uh, when, when I hear potential clients and my clients ask me how much interest can I pay myself on this loan, I know they've got it figured out. Because if you want to pay yourself 20-30% interest, that's pure profit. You know, you're, you're forcing yourself as a captive customer to recapitalize that system for the next time you need it. So absolutely, you don't want to have the mindset of what's the least interest I can pay in my family bank, but what's the most interest I can pay? And, and we you know, determine that based upon repayment schedules and cash flow to figure out wow. what you can do. Your family bank. Yeah, your family bank. 
I love that. Yeah. I love that. The Fraser Family Bank. Yeah, I love that. It, and the, mm-hmm. the idea is build wealth for for your future, for the for the for your legacy. Multiple generations. Yeah. Once you've done really really well and you're up in the millions and hundreds of millions, and even billions, you don't care about making more money for me. You know, you're looking at well, how can I take care of my kids and grandkids and great grandkids. And then you have intergenerational sure. gifting strategies where we give you the, the tax deduction today and we're leaving tax-free wealth for the great-grandkids. So, you so Ben, you, you, you've done this, right? Yep. Yep. So what got you excited about this? Yeah. I mean, you're a banker, right? You're a, you're a, a banker. finance guy <laughs> and you literally are a lender at a bank. So what got you excited about this? Yeah, well, going back to when you originally had the book, you had me read it. I was probably... Probably late teens, so still kind of young. Didn't really make a lot of sense to me at that point, but kind of planted the seed. And and then I've only started the policy maybe six months ago, yeah. um, so it's kind of recent for me. But I kind of it all came back full circle. Um, we talked about it again, or just kind of got brought back up and started doing more research on it again. Coming from the standpoint of being a banker now and understanding the whole premise of most people pay a third, up to a third of their income to a bank in interest. And seeing how profitable it is on the banking side, it's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I want to capture some of that for myself. And, and there's no reason a human being can't do this, and, and right? They can't not. just get on the other side of this. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, I'm a little bit of a finance geek too and love to just run spreadsheets. And so I just kind of, I started trying there, to there try is, there to... Is a, uh, there is a special beauty to a, to a <laughs> great a spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> And so I, I would, I would uh, in Nelson Nash's book, he had all these tables, and so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta replicate this and see if it actually makes sense. <laughs> so I actually replicated some of his tables, and and was just trying to think through all the implications of it. And and the really cool thing about it, why I think it's so important for most people to do this, is if you can set aside just a few hundred dollars a month, or as much as you can do, over the course of twenty, thirty years. It is. There's no reason that any person making a, a, a decent wage can't become a millionaire by the time they what? Be, yeah. Because it's just because of this the simplicity of compounding interest and paying yourself the interest that you would be paying to a bank to yourself, and then just the slow growth, slow and steady growth. And you know we've talked a little about it too, Dad, with um, you know when you invest in the stock market, you know the average rate of return over the past couple hundred years or hundred years has been somewhere around. Seven percent or so, but if you have big drawdowns in the stock market, forty percent drawdown it kills. It it completely destroys all of your return. Yeah. And so when you have when you have the the exposure to negative returns, it makes it a lot harder to, to accumulate. Compound. To well, compound. compounding doesn't work. Anymore. Compounding doesn't work anymore. If if you have drawdowns, I, I have yeah. to run the run yeah. the run the tables. And right. it Climbing out to break yeah. even then yeah. becomes the goal. <laughs> yeah. So going back to to Levi's original point of this being a very solid foundation financially, it's a great strategy because it's very low risk, but it's not just a. Uh, one of the cool things too is that you can use it while it's earning money. That, that to me is just it's crazy and mm-hmm. it's it's so simple. But that, that's the whole reason why it works to me is while you're putting this money away for retirement in a tax-free retirement, you can actually use the money while it still earns. While you're putting the money yeah. away for retirement, you can use the money. You can yeah. see, there's, there's not very many other vehicles you can use it in a – it makes a lot of sense financially. Mm-hmm. And we have access to the cash value 
And, oh, okay. So yeah. we're all we're all conceptual geeks here. We're we're concepting out. Right. Give me some practicals. Okay. So so how much money? Just give me an example of what what you can put in on a monthly basis. What it's going to earn and how much how much it ends up being worth. That yeah, that's probably more of a Levi question because I I mean I I've read some numbers for me personally, but I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact yeah. um, numbers. But give us some examples. Cause, cause yeah. Well, first of all, with this strategy, age and health comes into play. If we're just talking about investing in a Roth, IRA, 401k, SEP Simple, you know, just the traditional vehicles, age and health doesn't really matter. So let's just take our average person, which is 55 years old, as our average client starting off. Ben's younger. I'm, I'm glad that he got started no, when he was younger. Let's do younger. Let's okay. Do, let's do a, a, a 25-year-old. Okay. We'll start real young. Numbers just look better. Okay. Exactly. I, I like to be a little more... Uh, you know, <laughs> under promise and over deliver, but um, now my 55 year old clients are going to wonder why they're not getting what a 25 year old gets. But obviously, <laughs> the 25 year old has more time, so they they put in less money for more benefit than a so 75 year old. So would. let's say 25 year old puts in 200 bucks a month, or you know, yeah, let's say 200 dollars a month. Um, it goes into a policy that we teach people to look at that policy like a safe. Don't look at it like the investment. Don't look at it like. Uh, not even a savings account, okay. but it, the policy works like a safe. Okay, uh, part of that two hundred dollars is going to go into what we call base premium, and that just generates the size of policy. So let's say for right. twenty five year old, that'll generate a two hundred thousand dollar death benefit. So they give us two hundred bucks. They die tomorrow, heaven forbid. We deliver to their spouse and kids two hundred grand, which is awesome, by the way. No income taxes. No waiting period to get that money. You don't okay. have to sell off business or real estate. It's boom. It's liquid. Cool. You get a checkbook for it. Now, there's a couple ways that these policies have been sold over the years, either for death benefit or cash value. Mm-hmm. Most people are familiar with the death benefit component right. of it. So the cash would grow very slowly. What we try to do is bring the death benefit sure. down. And bring the high cash value. So the cash value goes okay. up quicker and that $200 is more liquid for you. Okay. So what is this What is this going to be worth in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Well, let's say 5 years, 200 bucks a month. Um, that's going to be 2400 um, a year. Let's say in 5 years it's it's uh, 12000 Wow. $12,000 cash value. Let me think here. 200, 2400, 24,000 for 10 years. Um, I think that'll be pretty close. So in, yeah. in five years or 10 years, you said? Five years. In five years? Yeah, it takes about seven, eight years or so, so to, to have dollar 12, for dollar. 12, 12, so that's enough to buy a little car with. Yeah. And and so now, you're, now in this typical policy, how much can you earn? How is it, is it compounding at? Well, I like to use a 5% number just because we're in such low interest rate environment right now. And I can only project for people current dividend scales. Dividends aren't guaranteed, but they're low right now. Uh, so if we extrapolate the $200 a month with earning interest and dividends, in seven years or so, you'll have 100% of your premium dollars liquid in cash. Mm-hmm. So as far as taking rate of return on your money, it's zero at that mm-hmm. point. But... You're making the money you would have paid a bank, financing cars, real estate, business equipment, vacation, college, whatever it is. So you're building up. It's kind of like you're taking one step back to then take two steps forward. Okay. So looking at it at a year-by-year cash flow basis, 
uh, after about four or five years, if you're just looking at cash flow, you're negative in the first few years. But on the fourth to fifth year, for every dollar you put in there, the cash value is then increasing about a dollar thirty. So in other words, if you keep putting a dollar in a bank and spending a dollar from a bank, dollar for dollar for the rest of your life. With this, it's not get rich quick, but it's get rich for sure as long as you stay the course. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the slow approach, which I believe is also biblical. You know, mm -hmm. building wealth, wealth slowly but surely, not you know being somebody that looks for get rich quick and they're deceived for the rest of their life because people mm -hmm. who have abundant wealth built the character and the knowledge and the expertise in what they're doing. So, so how how, did, how much does this grow to? Give me give me some give me some numbers. Well, if you just take two hundred a month and just say five percent interest for the rest of your life, that would be a fair projection mm -hmm. on a very conservative basis. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not looking at a uh, an amortization schedule in front of me to tell you exact numbers for two hundred a month at year twenty or thirty, but uh, I, I do know year by year that you can look at about you know five years a dollar turns into a dollar thirty year twelve to fifteen a dollar turns into two dollars so we're talking about in that year you make a hundred grand that year if it all went into your policies you've got two hundred grand that year that you can use for financing banking your lifestyle whatever so the power is really in the cash flow, not just comparing a savings account, because with a savings account, if you're doing these strategies, you don't have any money anymore because you've spent it down again. Uh -huh. With this, you're just stacking assets until you're 120 years old. You graduate and get to heaven, and you're leaving millions of dollars to the next generation uh, to then play this game again. And that's yeah. really how we look at it. I mean, it's ulti ultimately, a finance game. Ultimately, this is, I mean, you've done the numbers for your own policy, right? Yeah. How, how much, you know? We're putting in about maybe 500 or so, and that, that should very easily within 30 years be close to a million dollars. If we 500 prefer. a month? Yeah. Close to a million dollars in 30 years. So in 30 years, you're still going to be a young man. Yeah. And it's worth a million dollars. So basically, you're you're assured of being a millionaire. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. The safest path to get there. Yeah. Yeah. If I do, yeah. And, and on the way there, on the way there... So when you're going to, you need a down payment for your house, I suppose, or you need a car, you want to buy a car, you want to remodel, Yeah, you can borrow against yep. it. And then the idea is pay yourself mm -hmm. back. With extra interest than the insurance company yeah. would charge. And and the coolest thing is, you know, this is, this is all, it's like a big retirement plan. It's a big tax benefit. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? Talk about that a little bit. So once you hit the retirement age and you want to start taking draws from it. Mm-hmm. If, if you have enough in the nest egg, you don't actually ever have to touch the, the principal cash value. You can just live off the dividends yeah. like you would you know, from a 401k or something. But then that is tax-free income mm -hmm. to you at that point. Yeah, and I encourage everybody to get the Becoming Your Own Banker book and read it because he's got some real-life examples, and they're not inflated. They're not unrealistic. I mean, some of them are just 5000 a year, which is less yeah. than you're putting in, showing how somebody can have a pretty substantial supplemental income at retirement with no taxes. So the more taxes go up, the more attractive this strategy looks. But even if taxes go down to zero, it's still better than taxable strategies. So so you can not just build cash value, you can take it as dividends. You have a choice. Yeah, I say that there's three ways you can get the money out. There's a smart way, a dumb way, and a sad way. The sad way is you die. Well, that's the biggest windfall right there is, you know, these are designed to have a blossoming benefit upon our death. So that's the sad way. The dumb way is withdrawals. Okay, that's that's 
kind of the go-to that most of us think we want to buy something? What, what do I have to liquidate to buy something? Well, that's the dumb way with infinite banking. Becoming your own banker, the whole concept is never liquidate your assets. Just stack them for the rest of your life, and you borrow against a safe, tax-free growing asset, and then you pay yourself back with interest, and boom, 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 the money's there again. And uh, so that's the dumb way is withdrawing it, and you can do that with these policies. It's called a surrender of cash. And then the smart way is you just borrow against it even for retirement passive income. Instead of starting to deplete that policy's cash, you so just you borrow say, against I it. I want 500 bucks a month in income. You want 500 bucks a just... month? And you'll get that paycheck every month, and it's just a loan against a death benefit that's going to pay out in 20 years anyways. So it's a loan that basically you'll never repay. Exactly. And but it, they'll just deduct that from from the final from the final payout. Exactly. One of the cool things too, just yeah. quick side comment. Sure. About that is as you're paying into it and your cash value is growing, your death benefit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Also grows over the course of time. So that two hundred thousand dollar death benefit, thirty years, could, forty years down the road, it could be a million. Be a million dollars. Yeah. So as you're taking those loans against it, you know you could take loans up to a million dollars before it actually make your death benefit. Um, Disappear. This, this, disappear. Is, this is honestly amazing. And it sounds, I know to a lot of people it's going to sound too good to be true, but mm-hmm. it's really not. Right. And, you know, I've always said it just, it makes so much sense if people would spend a little bit of time on their wealth. Right. And it's amazing how hard people work to develop a skill set mm-hmm. and to get go to college and get trained and then work so hard, but they'll spend almost no effort on mm-hmm. their on their money. Yeah. On figuring how to manage their money and what are smart strategies, right? And uh, and one of the coolest things I like about this strategy is, you know, and I've been actually a professional investor for many years. Mm-hmm. I've run a hedge funds, mm-hmm. and I'm a financial investor now right. with some very sophisticated strategies. But and I've encouraged people to try and do some of those things at different times in my life. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're very difficult mm-hmm. to actually make money in the stock market is yeah. really hard. And you know it's just a, it's just a challenge mm-hmm. to be consistent, and right. so this is something every man, every woman can do and be mm-hmm. pretty successful at. Yeah. Right. You may not hit the home run, right, in mm-hmm. short order, but as you said, you you may not win in the short run, but you but you win for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's good enough, right? Yeah. That's that's a better way to do it. Yeah. So this is I really encourage everybody to take a look at this strategy and if they want to find out more, you have a website, right? Yeah, clockworkfinancial.com. Like C L O C K. Just like the timepiece. Clockworkfinancial.com. And yeah. I do and this is so interesting. We're gonna have you back for our for our next week's podcast as well and we'll dive in a little deeper yeah. some of these strategies. So thank you so much for being here, gentlemen, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.